1: Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh Oh my god, God. deep to right field. Way up there! They're gonna wave him in! I don't believe it! My oh
0: my. And look who's coming up. You've got
1: to be me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, quavo! What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. We come to you with Action Network's go-to Major League Baseball betting podcast. This is Payoff Pitch. We cover all things Major League Baseball. 15-game slate. We do have an early game we have to get to today as well. Pirates-Cubs is the lone afternoon first pitch at 2.20 p.m. Eastern. We'll fade the public. We'll see where all the money's coming in, where all the bets are coming in uh, on today's slate. Underdogs, because we always discuss Underdog Plays That make Sense on this podcast. And then some final analysis with some final bets. We'll go around the horn with Sean Zarrillo, Action Network Senior Writer, and Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Editor. Okay, here we go. Are
0: you going to place a bet or what? They never
1: quit. It's
0: unbelievable. It's
1: kind of the game within the game here. Colin, we'll start with you. Dodgers Nationals uh, got things started last night at Dodger Stadium. The Nationals got a 4-1 win. If you took the Nationals, good for you. Colin Whitchurch, what is your play for this game?
2: Um, yeah, well, before I get to my best bet, I, I do want to victory lap a little bit because oh. fri- my Friday best bet was Blue Jays over Red Sox, and I think that's the easiest bet I'll have all year. That was the 28-5 to 5 <laughs> Blue Jays Oh, victory. yeah, I
1: forgot what the score
2: was. Thanks for uh,
1: reminding everybody,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, I know you appreciate that callback, Brendan, but yes, the Blue Jays, um, much thanks to the Blue Jays for giving me by far my easiest bet win of the year and my easiest best bet win of the year. We're going to hope that we get another 30 runs or so scored today in Dodgers Nationals because I am going with the over here, Josiah Gray against Mitch White. Gray sitting with a 4-4 ERA. His peripherals are pretty much right in line there, 4.33 XERA and a 4.18 XFIP. He has a 27% strikeout rate, but he also has a 10% walk rate. So he's missing a lot of bats, but also missing the strike zone quite a bit. My biggest concern with him against the Dodgers is he has a 71.5% fly ball rate. Doesn't allow balls to hit on the ground at all against the Dodgers' powerful offense. That's trouble. Also, his three primary pitchers, fastball slider curve, are all pitches that the Dodgers have a positive run value against. Adding on to that a little bit more, is when he does hit the zone, which he doesn't very often, whether he's missing bats or missing the strike zone, his zone contact is 83.2%. Again, the Dodgers have one of the best zone contact percentages in the league at 84.8%. He actually, Gray, you might remember, former Dodger farmhand, he went to Washington in the deal that brought Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to LA last season. He faced the Dodgers for the first time in his career in May, gave up seven earned runs, walked five, and lasted just three innings. So we know the Dodgers are going to get theirs. The question is if Washington's going to score enough to make this over viable. Mitch White is someone who he's been one of the more fadable pitchers in the Dodgers rotation this year. He's sitting with a pretty nice 3.78 ERA. But his XERA is up to 4.15. His xFIPs 4.42. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, but also doesn't strike out a lot of guys. 9% walk rate, 20.4% strikeout rate. As we know about the Nationals, as bad as they've been this year, they don't strike out the 11th best walk rate and the second lowest strikeout rate in the majors the only team that strikes out less than them is the guardians so i think that washington's offense should give mitch white a little bit of trouble tonight dodgers should do their thing against josiah gray i like over eight and a half here
1: okay very good so you're predicting like 30 to seven final score
2: something perfect let's hit the over by the second inning
1: very good that was well done by you. I mean, I gave you a bunch of White Sox crap at the beginning of the year, but I, I, it, I was due for a, a little Red Sox uh, rubbing the face. Yeah, they're they're there. they're right
2: around. They're like within a game of each other now. Our our two socks. Yeah, uh, go go socks, right? Okay.
1: <laughs> Best bets continue with uh, Sean Zerillo, who actually is going to discuss this early game.
3: Yeah, get these bets in if you're just listening to the podcast on the earlier end. Otherwise, I'm sorry that you missed it, but the Cubs in the first five innings minus 165. I like all the way up to minus 197 projected this line closer to minus 215. So a pretty big projection edge here of around 6% or more. The Cubs are a team I'm going to bet on a lot in the second half have bet on them all four games thus far. They're 4-0 currently riding a five-game winning streak. They have a league average offense, and going against the lower-rung team like the Pirates, who have a bottom-three offense, big advantage there. Big advantage in the bullpen, top-three expected FIP. Again, the Pirates in the bottom ten for their bullpen. But I did mention that this is a first-five bet as my best bet. I do like the Cubs on the full-game line, but for the first five innings, I see a big difference between Keegan Thompson and Bryce Wilson. Thompson's expected indicators under four. It's been very consistent, very solidly consistent from start to start. Bryce Wilson's expected ERA closer to five and a half. So a pretty big projection gap between these two starting pitchers, pretty big projection edge for the first five innings with the Cubs Thompson, Justin Steele and Adrian Sampson, three pitchers I'm going to keep betting on most likely when they start for Chicago.
1: Let's go on to fade the public. So with this segment, if you're one of the newer listeners to the podcast and we're here every Tuesday and Friday, by the way, every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season, uh, next week is the trade deadline, so that that could be uh, that will be interesting because we do have a show scheduled for Tuesday, August second. So uh, more to come on that. But oftentimes when you go and open the Action Network app or you go to uh, bet on a game, you you figure well, way too much money coming in on one side compared to the other, and and that that game today that has that drastic difference in bet percentage and money percentage. The Astros over the Athletics. A's got the win last night over the Strohs. 86% of the bets, 99% of the cash on the Astros to bounce back against Oakland. Colin Whitichurch, are we touching the A's here? Are we fading the
2: public? We are fading the public, and this is just kind of a blind fade. Um, You know, the Athletics are not a team that you you look to back all that often, but one of the times when I like to back them as an underdog is when Frankie Montes is on the mound. This might be Montes' last start. As an Oakland Day, you just mentioned the trade deadline coming up. He's probably the number one starting pitcher on the market or one or two, depending on how you feel about him versus Luis Castillo of the Reds. And I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that the public is this heavy on Houston. Obviously, the public is always going to be on red hot, good teams. And Houston has been on fire since before the all-star break, but it's just kind of a, a a blind bet on a good pitcher for a bad team, which is generally what I look look to do. I do kind of wish the juice were uh, a little bit tastier there. Montes, uh plus 140 right now. This isn't going to be one of my heaviest wagers of the night, one of my favorite wagers. But, yeah, when you get an opportunity to fade the public with a pitcher like Montes on the mound, you're going to take
3: it.
1: How about you, Zerillo? Any value in fading the public and taking the ace?
3: No, the line is right where I projected it around plus 150 for the full game. If anything, I would actually lean towards Houston for the first five innings. If I can get minus 155 or better, I might bet it. The question for me is how long Montas goes tonight. Is he just going to be a five and dive and get out of there? Because he dealt with arm soreness before the all-star break, came back through three innings in his last start five days ago, right out of the break. Does he go three innings tonight? Just prove that he's healthy before the deadline. Does he go five innings and they get him out of there as quickly as possible? I don't see them extending him or pushing him too hard, knowing that they're trying to trade him right before the deadline. So pitcher usage for Montas, arm health, definitely concerns with him tonight.
1: So I think as of a couple days ago, the reporting on Montas was he would have to manage his workload in his first start back. But now I'm seeing as of... Uh, today expected to work with a normal pitch count against Houston. So maybe there's been good development here over the last couple of days to make sure he's good to go for uh, this start tonight against the, against the Astros. Very good. Let's go to underdog plays. Where's my dog? Uh huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Colin Whitchurch, uh, which underdog are you eyeing today?
2: Yeah, I think this is the first time since we introduced a segment that Zerillo and I are on the same side. Sorry to give away Zerillo's pick here, but I'm on the Guardians against your Red Sox. You're, you're fading Boston Red Sox tonight. Fun fact about this one, we actually didn't really know who Cleveland was going to start until recently. And I don't know if it's actually been confirmed, but I believe Brian Shaw is going to be the opener in a bullpen game for Cleveland right now. Brian Shaw 34 years old. He's made 732 career appearances and this will be his first career start. So shout out to Brian Shaw. And, and he's going to lead a, a Cleveland bullpen that is one of the best units in baseball. And that's one of the reasons I like Cleveland here. And I particularly like them over the first five innings. You know, when teams have bullpen games, you worry about them getting to some of their lesser arms at some point. But Cleveland has smart bullpen management. I think that they're going to pull all the right strings early on to keep them in the game early whoever they go to behind Shaw, um, you know, their, their reliever X is 3.7, which is tied for sixth lowest in the majors. And their just raw ERA is 3.66, which is the 10th lowest. So I really like Cleveland's bullpen unit against Boston and uh, Winkowski starting for Boston. Uh, this is his eighth career start. He's had 14 walks and 37 innings against 26 strikeouts I mentioned the guardians earlier are the toughest team in the majors to strike out. I think Winkowski is, is very fadable here. And again, I just trust Cleveland's bullpen and their bullpen management. Even in a uh, bullpen game, I'll probably be betting some of Cleveland's full game, but I really like their first five.
1: Okay. Yeah, Shaw pitched against the Red Sox in June. Um, only went two-thirds of an inning and had, had some struggles, uh, but throws a lot of strikes, uh, that's for sure.
3: So, Zarillo, expand on taking the Guardians tonight. Are you going the first five or full game? Full game for me, just how I projected it out with Shaw for that first inning and then other relievers behind him. I didn't see value on the four, first five line yet. If I do, I'll put it in the Action Network app. But I did bet their full game line for now, plus at 135. I just want to echo the things that Colin said. Cleveland is a top 10 bullpen. Boston has been a below average bullpen looking at expected FIP, strikeout minus walk rate. Cleveland is the far better unit. Two top 10 defensive teams right behind other each other defensive run saves. So that's basically a wash. The Guardians, though, excel against right-handed pitching. Not only are they the toughest team to strike out in baseball, they're actually first by a pretty decent margin against right-handed pitching. Against lefties, they rank closer to fifth. So a lot of that first and strikeout rate is actually how good they are against righties. Getting a righty here in Winkowski has been about a league average pitcher this year, but there's no reason why Cleveland's bullpen can't match him or outpitch him. So projected this line closer to plus 117. I'd bet it down to plus 126, see a bullpen advantage for Cleveland once Boston's relievers get in there, see an offensive advantage for their unit as well.
1: So when we, we, we do this podcast, right, we, we try to hit on every game, but we can't promise we do because there are 15 games. There's, there's a lot going on. But we also want to get to content that is actionable, bets that are actionable. But maybe we, the way we can twist this next discussion, because the Mets and the Yankees are playing tonight, and neither of you have a pick on the game. Maybe, Zerillo, we'll start with you. Explain why you aren't betting the game. Because if if you're someone who wants to bet baseball and you're a casual baseball better, you look at this series and go, ooh, it's the Subway series. Arguably the number one and two teams in each of their respective leagues. And it's a public game you might want to bet on. Why are you not betting the game?
3: Well, I did bet the game. The price is just out of range for me. But I I bet the under. And it it all just goes back to price. You know, it's a conversation that we talk about constantly. I projected the Yankees as minus one of five favorites. So in terms of the money line, there was never a side for me uh, for either either half of the game. But the total, I did project at 7.6. I bet an under eight. I believe it even money. And right now it's at minus 105. My price target cutoff was minus 104. So this was like a last leave off of the topics of conversation for me today, just based off of where the price moved. But you could bet the under eight. I just wouldn't go past minus 104. As for the first five under four, I projected it at 3.97. So wouldn't touch that either. Full game under eight minus 104 or pass can
1: appreciate the honesty. Um, That's for sure. Colin Woodchurch, do you care to weigh in on why you might
2: not have a strong lean on the game? I just didn't see any value on either side. You know, uh, Jordan Montgomery has been solid for the Yankees all season long. Taiwan Walker is someone who I've been, I've been eyeing fading in the second half. You know, he kind of wore down uh, down the stretch last year. And if I were going to bet the Mets, I was hoping to get a, a stronger, plus number here. I was actually looking up some of their futures before we recorded to see if there's anything noteworthy to talk about there. You, know, you can get those exact matchup odds at a couple of sports books. You can bet a Mets Yankees world series right now, plus 1600. I don't know if that interests anyone. I know that Zerillo is not going to see any value there. I don't either, but looking at the futures of two of these top teams going against each other and it's Mets Yankees plus 1600. I mean, everyone's for a subway world series uh, first time in in more than 20 years. But, yeah, as far as tonight's game, I just I just don't see any value on either side. Fair enough. It's a lesson that just
1: because it's the sexy matchup of the night does not mean it, you don't have to bet it. But Zerillo is, even though he – whatever. You, 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 that, that, was, that, was, that was just funny. Moving on. Let's go to Colin first, then we'll go to Sean. These guys have uh, some final bets they want to get to. If you, if you miss any of this as the, as they go through these games, they want to discuss before we wrap – uh, they do log all of their picks in the Action Network app. So that is that is helpful. Colin, go ahead. We'll start
2: with you. Zarrillo's got a huge load of games he's wanting to talk about. So I'm really interested to hear what he has to say. I've got three for you. I'm going to start with Marlins Reds. We saw Cincy with a huge win last night, and I'm backing them again tonight. Pablo Lopez, you know, looked like a Cy Young candidate the first month or two of the season. Really fallen off a cliff since then. Since the start of June, he's sitting with a 4.68 ERA, 4.73 FIP his 20 walks against just 46 strikeouts in 50 innings going against Hunter green and Hunter green has been one of the most frustrating pitchers to bet on or against all season long, because you don't know what version of him you're going to get. But his biggest issue to date has been the home runs. He leads the league in home runs allowed, but he's only allowed eight since the beginning of June. He's kind of calmed that down and going against a Miami offense that is not powerful. I do expect A lot of success out of him. Miami's 23rd in isolated slugging. They're 20th in home runs. They're 16th in home run to fly ball ratio. So I think Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's offense has been on fire lately. I think they're going to get to struggling Pablo Lopez. I like Hunter Green's matchup against the Miami offense. I'm going to take the Reds. Full game at minus 105 and their first five at minus 110. Moving on to Twins Brewers. Ethan Smalls getting his second career start from Milwaukee. Generally, when I'm looking to bet against Minnesota, it is when a lefty is on the mound for the other team. Ethan Small is a lefty. Didn't look so good in his first career start. He's a fastball changeup guy primarily. He didn't throw his slider much in his debut. Generally, a starting pitcher needs three viable pitches to, to succeed in a rotation, so it's going to be interesting to see how much he uses that slider and how successful he is with it as a third pitch in this matchup. But again, the Twins offense is not as successful against lefties. So I like Ethan Small in this matchup, in addition to the uncertainty factor um, of a pitcher that Minnesota has not seen before. Dylan Bundy on the other side has been okay. I generally look to bet against him uh with Minnesota, but he's he's beaten me several times because he's his expected stats are better than his his raw numbers and and he's been pretty good, but not as good against good teams. Um, so I like the Brewers here on their money line. I like the first five, but even more than that, and I think Israel is going to agree with this one. I like the under here. I don't think Minnesota is going to hit small that much. And the Brewers offense has been kind of pedestrian this year with Bundy on the mound. So under nine and a half is a bet. I like a lot there, but I'm also going to be betting the Brewers. Finally, Rangers Mariners. This one might surprise you a little bit. Dane Dunning is coming back from injury for the Rangers, but I'm betting against Dunning. Who's been one of my favorite young pitchers in baseball since he came up with the White Sox a couple of years ago. Dunning's returning from injury, and he really struggled with his command leading up to the injury. 17 walks in 30 innings pitched in his six starts leading up to the All-Star break. And the Rangers have been really careful with Dunning this season, even before his injury. He only hit 100 pitches once this season. So in his first start back, I expect them to be really cautious with him. Be surprised if he makes it through five innings. And that gets us to the Texas bullpen, which has a 4.05 X fit, much worse than its actual 3.77 ERA. The other side, George Kirby has been phenomenal for Seattle for the most part of the season. He doesn't walk anybody, has good swing and miss stuff. So I like the Mariners here on the money line. I'll pay the juice on this one, but back the Mariners uh, minus 155. Okay, very good. A little
1: crossover
3: with uh, Zarillo Twins, Brewers. you have a total play for us, Sean, on that game? Yeah, Colin mentioned that under 9.5 in Twins, Brewers. I like that. Projected it closer to 8.7. Would bet the under 9.5 up to minus 110. He also mentioned the Reds and the Marlins. No side for me in that game, but I do like the over 8.5 up to minus 116. Some underdogs we could get into. The Cardinals down to plus 181. No Goldschmidt, no Arenado going up to Toronto. Curious to see if anybody else will be left off of their roster, too, as they cross the border into Canada. But the Cardinals down to plus 181. That line just got a little, little wide. They have a solid bullpen. They still play good defense, even without Arenado in there. So I think that line is just a little bit overjuiced, knowing that they won't have their star players. The Tigers and the Padres, I like the Tigers down to plus 156. I like the under 8.5 there as well to minus 106 when blowing in in that matchup couple of first five favorites the Rays up to minus 207 with Shane McClanahan big advantage for him over Spencer Watkins in terms of pitching projections and then the Giants first five at minus 190 I would not go past minus 190 on Rodon but a big advantage for him over Tyler Gilbert that said on that matchup that's one of those matchups where I project first five favorite as value and full game underdog as value so after five innings I'll probably look to jump in on Arizona The Giants' bullpen has not been nearly as good this year as it was last year. The Nationals, I bet them last night. We're going to bet them again tonight, plus 225 on the money line. Gray, when he is on, is probably the Nationals' best starter on the games where he's pitching well. Never know what you're going to get from him. Obviously, blew up against the Dodgers last time. But White is probably the Dodgers' worst starter. So best starter on a bad team, worst starter on a good team. I know the Nats pulled it off last night. You may be sitting there saying they can't possibly win 200. Well, the Pirates did it, so why can't the Nats do it? We're just playing numbers here. Purely a numbers play. I don't love betting it. I mark them down as losses when we go into the game. We'll see if we can get surprised. But plus 200 on their first five. money line may even be preferred, considering they had to use all their key relievers last night. And then the last game where I project value on a team in both halves is the Royals against the Angels. The Angels are just... Seemingly tanking right now. The Royals, a team I expect to play better in the second half, they've underachieved to this point with their young guys up. They're hitting much better. They're going to keep bringing guys up. The Royals are a team who is progressing. They're not tanking. They may get rid of Andrew Benatendi, but I don't think it's going to affect them too much. The Royals still a team on the up where the angels are just crawling to the finish line. Who knows if we'll even see Mike Trout again.
1: Angels have lost two out of three out of the break. Let's go. It's looking good. Under 75 and a half. I feel good about that, bringing that to your attentions. Uh, it's the attention.
3: Brendan Glashine uh, staple best bet for this podcast so far has been the Angels <laughs> under 75 and a half live. We're going to add season. that as a segment
2: to the an Angels update every, <laughs> the every Angels update. This is your Angels
1: update. Well, yes. yeah, that team, they, they, they need something going for them. and If we can give them a, a segment on payoff pitch. That that will help market their players. I think uh, that's what everyone complains about, right? They don't market their players. Well, we'll mark yeah. we'll market them for them. Honestly. Least
3: marketed team in baseball.
1: <laughs> okay, that's uh that's gonna do it for this edition of Payoff Pitch. We will join you again on Friday, same time. Episode gets released uh, just early afternoon. And again, if you want to bet Cubs Pirates, get on it. That game is at two twenty. P.M. Eastern Time today for Sean Zarillo, Collinwood Church, Brendan Glassheen. Again, see you Friday here on Payoff Pitch. Good luck today, and talk to you next time.
0: Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute! No one wants
1: to leave.